All right, welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson, and we'd like to thank you guys for tuning into another episode. We always appreciate it when you guys tune in. And as usual, we are sponsored by Dallas Jersey Expo. Okay, so if you log on to faceoffspotpodcast.com, uh, you will find more information on the um, on the Jersey Expo that should be coming up here uh, pretty soon. Uh, we will have a link below uh, where you can go and check that out. All right. Well, hey, uh, today we have um, we have an episode here today. I like to think that I know a lot about hockey and I, I know a lot about the uh, hockey community, but there's there's one kind of uh, there's one community that I really don't uh, know that much about. I really haven't met anybody from this community yet until just recently. Um, I came across uh, an individual who skates at Mansfield uh, quite a bit, and uh, I've seen him out there on his sled. He's a sled hockey player, and I had the bright idea that hey. I need to get this guy on. I want him to teach me about sled hockey. I really do have so many questions because it's an area that I'm just not that familiar with. But we have uh, two individuals that are part of the uh, Dallas sled hockey team uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, To my right, I have Cliff Green. Cliff, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. And then to my left, I have Josh Heron. Josh, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, well, hey, so... This show, I put this show together, um, A, just because I enjoy talking to people and having a couple beverages every once in a while. Um, But the other thing that I was trying to do is kind of uh, spotlight certain things in the Dallas-Fort Worth hockey community. Um, And if I can be honest, I have not really, I haven't been around sled hockey. And to be honest, Cliff, I see you out there and I see that you kind of, uh, you bring people out there and I don't know if you're uh, teaching them or training them. A lot of the times it looks like you're kind of uh, uh, showing them a thing or two, but I've always had a lot of questions about it. And I'm finally, um, I don't know, I'm just glad that you're here so that we can kind of talk about it. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, Most people in the hockey community really don't have a lot of experience with sled hockey. Yeah. Um, There aren't a lot of us that actually play, especially in the DFW area. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so I kind of wanted to start it off this way, if you don't mind, because this is how um, all the episodes kind of start. But I was wanting to know if you could go back and kind of um, just tell us about how you got into the sport or interested in the sport. Maybe not necessarily the first time that you touched the ice, but what what was it? Where were you? Um, can you kind of walk us through? And I'm going to ask both you guys this, but Cliff, if you want to start. Yeah, uh, I moved to Dallas from Indiana in 2012. Uh, I was injured in a motorcycle accident in 2011, mm-hmm. and basically almost exactly a year after that, I moved to Dallas, I relocated for work, and I just happened to run into Taylor Lipset, who's a, a former player on the team, he's a former Paralympian. Mm-hmm. He just recently moved out of the Dallas area, so he's no longer playing with us, but he, I listened to him speak um, at an event, just by chance. Mm-hmm. And then I, I talked to him after he was done speaking and he was there speaking about uh, Americans with Disabilities Month, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he brought his sled and showed us, showed everybody that was there. Yep. And then afterwards we went to lunch. Yep. And that's really how it started. And he just said, you know, you got to come check it out. Yeah. Um, I'm someone that played sports my whole life. Yeah. Um, when I was injured, I'm, I'm a, I'm a baseball player mm-hmm. playing baseball and soccer. Yeah. But when I was injured, I was still playing adult baseball. Yeah. So I've always had some kind of athletic activity in my life. Yep. And when I met Taylor, I found that opportunity to continue that after my accident. Yep. And that just, I went out to one practice 
Mm. And I was just going to watch. And he said, hey, you know what? If you're going to come out, you're going to get a sled. Yeah. So I said, all right. I got in the sled and that was it. I was hooked yeah. immediately. Yeah. Well, and so, and I, I kind of wanted to, to speak on this a little bit, but um, it looks like you're kind of paying that forward a little bit because I see you kind of doing, um, and I didn't want to make any assumptions, but it, that's, it, I, I saw you just kind of showing people the ropes, if you will, or, or getting people, uh, you know, um, used to it. Because the, the one thing, and either one of you guys can answer this, but it looks like you just need an incredible amount of upper body strength to do that. It's really in everything from the waist up. Yeah. Your, your core is intricate. Yeah. I mean, that is the first thing that really fatigues on you actually uh -huh. yeah. in the sled. Yeah. Because basically everything you do, your, your core is tense and tight. Right. Just to keep yourself upright. Upright. Yeah. 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 And like last time I saw you in, in Mansfield, I was actually skating with, um, a 10 year old boy yeah, who's yeah. from Lubbock. He, there aren't any other sled players in Lubbock. Mm -hmm. His family was in town just to take care of some things, some personal things. Yeah. And they reached out to me on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And so I offered to get together with, get together with him on the ice and just skate around a little bit with him. Yeah. Since he'd never, ever skated with someone before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, a, I think that's uh, totally, totally awesome. But I still have uh, so many more questions about uh, the sled itself. But before we get into that, um, I was wanting to know your story. How did you uh, How did you get involved with this? I think most sled hockey players are the same in the sense that we all grew up probably in a very competitive background. Uh, for me, I grew up playing East Texas football. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in college, I found rugby as a passion and played rugby for many years. And then when I got sick and lost my leg... I immediately went to one of my passions, which was hockey. I grew up loving the Dallas Stars. Uh, well, I started with the Minnesota North Stars. Oh, okay, so you're original. Okay, there you and go. it was really funny. It was one of those things sitting around, you know, the house with my dad watching ABC Wild World of Sports. So yeah, a hockey game for the first time. It was Minnesota playing the Islanders. Minnesota won, so I became a North Stars fan. I yes. just got lucky enough that my team moved to Dallas and became the Dallas Stars. Yeah. So, but with that, uh, when I got sick uh, and got through the, the original, I guess, depressive states that we all go through when we first get injured to yeah. that extent, yeah, uh, I started looking for various activities and came across sled hockey. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was trying to figure out how to get in touch with local sled hockey players, went to the UT Southwest or yeah, the UT Southwest Sports Expo that they had at UT Arlington in 2017, 2018, something. Mm -hmm. 2018, I believe, is when I started. Yeah. Uh, met Cliff there, and we started talking about hockey and the passion that he had for the team and the passion that, that the others had when I first went to my first practice. Yep. And like Cliff, once I got into the sled, despite falling tons and still falling tons, yeah. I love the sport and I love everything about hockey and, and the opportunity that sled hockey gives us. Yeah. Well, and, and so if there, and if there's one thing that I can kind of pick out that was similar in both your guys' stories, it was that you were athletic and competitive, you know, kind of before this happened. And it's one of those, if you're, if you're kind of used to being that way or you're wired that way, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's kind of like a, okay, like I still want to continue to do this, but like, what does that look like? Cause you know, I, I consider myself, a uh, not just a competitive person, but I almost need to, I almost have like too much weird energy. And it's like, if I'm not out, you know, being athletic or, or doing things like that, like my mental state really does, it changes, yeah. you know, and, and it's one of those things too, where 
I'm on the ice quite a bit, but there'll be times if I'm, you know, not on the ice for five or six days, I'm just kind of like, man, why am I in a funk? And I'm like, you haven't skated. You haven't got, you haven't done your thing. You haven't gotten your release. So it, it just really sounds like you guys were already wired that way, you know, being athletes and being competitive, but then you just kind of had to figure out a way to, to continue to do that. Yeah. And I think that's the main reason why it's called adaptive sports. Mm -hmm. It's because we as individuals are always adapting our way of life. We have to find new ways to live. So therefore our sports are just new ways to express that sport. Right. I, I think that that's the way it is for every adaptive sport. It's pretty much the same sport just made accessible for people that can't play the regular sports anymore. Right. And hockey's a key, sled hockey especially is one of the most, I guess, one-to-one -one relationships. Yeah. There are some minor modifications that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, we play hockey. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't play a modified hockey. We don't, we just play hockey. The mm. way we play it is just slightly different. Right. No, and, 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 that, and that makes sense to me. And I think one of the cool things, and you guys probably already know this, but I feel like the way that hockey players look at sled hockey players are like, these guys are badass. Like we really, like, at least I do. I've always thought that. Cause like when you watch it, it's, and I don't know if some of our listeners have seen or not, but it's like very physical and it's very, I mean, it's like you said, you're playing hockey in, in, in that way. And I also always thought it was cool how you could kind of like, um, and I don't know, uh, what, do, what do you call the blades the, that you shoot with? Do you just call them? They're sticks. Just, 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 sticks like, just like regular stand-up hockey. We just play with two. Golly. But how some of you guys in Cliff, you're really good. But when I watch you, it's just that, that minimal flick, the, the amount of speed. Because if you think about it, like, you know, if, if I'm upright, I got a lot of leverage on that stick. I can really like lean into it and, you know, to, to in order to get a hard shot. It seems like the way that you guys, Cliffy, especially are able to shoot that puck with only having like a limited amount of uh, leverage, I guess you would call it. Like, it is so crazy to me how you can just hit those like corners, you know? Yeah, there's because there's no flex to our sticks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're so short. Right. Um, you, you learn how to basically how to load your shot right okay. with with the leverage and using your arm and your wrist and the stick all as a lever right right to leverage the maximum power behind the shot right right and it, it honestly it just takes time yeah because when you first come out you're not doing that well it, yeah it, it, it's probably similar to just you know shooting regularly it's one of those things where when people are really good at it it looks so effortless or effortless but in order to get that way you, i'm sure you have to just practice 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 it's a lot of times just yeah. <laughs> flinging pucks at the net or the wall you know just yeah. just like just like anybody when you're starting out playing a game like this yeah it's that that repetition yeah and then if you wouldn't mind because this is kind of i, I wanted to know because i'm assuming that you are on you're on an edge because the sled has uh it has a blade on it underneath has two blades two blades actually. okay yes. okay and they're they're standard blades that you would find on on the bottom of your skate okay yeah um we have the two blades and they're set up each individual has their blades set up differently how how it works for them okay because the farther apart you space your blades the more stable you are in your sled unless you're going to fall over left and right right but that also reduces your mobility because you can't maneuver as much yes right because you have to oh, lean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to okay. lean way over to try to get that turn right so the closer together you move your blades the more quickly you can maneuver left and right. Right. So is this kind of a personal preference or is it one of those like, hey, if you're starting off, it's easier to have it this way or if it's, or is it just kind of personal preference? Now, starting off, I think we all agree that usually we start off much wider. Right. And right. then you kind of narrow down 
you know, as you get a little more comfortable in your sled, you know, and sometimes that's a year, sometimes that's a couple of months, just depending on the individual. Right. Um, and it also depends on your play style too. Cause like for bigger people like me who sit taller in the sled, yeah. if I try to go a little narrower, then I'm also very high. So right. You're top, I, so you're like top heavy. Exactly. Right. Uh, which, you know, I found out way more in fact, during our last tournament, because just minor hits by smaller people were just knocking me over left and right. I had no, right. you know, it was just so top heavy. So my blades will go back out wider, uh-huh. you know, as I train for the next you know, cycle of tournaments and games and things like that. Right. And so, yeah, it's very individualized and it goes down to your play style. And me as a physical person, I want a wider base. Cliff is a faster you know, he needs more versatility and defense to turn faster and get into, because we can't skate backwards. We have to turn around turn. forward. So his turns have to be a lot sharper. So he needs them a little narrower. Right. Okay. So again, a lot of our wingers and, and big uh, fast forwards have them narrow so that they can turn, cut, you know, make moves. Right. Mine will be wider just so I can run through people instead of trying to cut and make moves. Right, right, right. Well, hey, and that's funny you said that because it kind of leads me to the next thing. But when I was talking about it being really physical, uh, when you call a check, a check is a check. It's what people are thinking, yeah. correct? So it's just, but you're kind of checking with the kind of your body and the sled or how does that work? Because you're, I'm, I'm assuming you're kind of maneuvering the sled just like you would you know, your body, if you were trying to protect that puck, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, for me, I see it as two different styles of checking too. Mm-hmm. You have your, sh- your traditional shoulder checking and then you have your hip checking. We right. have guys that'll go in bucket first and, and check from the hip. Right. And then we have guys that'll lean in with their shoulders and things like that. So it just all depends on how comfortable you are in your sled, yeah. your positioning on the ice to the person mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of different factors and i mean there's some some technicalities on how we can hit too like we can't t-bones so yeah yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like in a car uh, we can't hit nose to back things like that right but for all other things again it's just like a check yeah, how yeah. you're leading in is how you're going to lead in where they're at on the boards where you're at in open ice yes it's all various different ways. Yeah, and and you'll have to forgive me, but I'm just I'm double checking. But uh, how many players are out there at a time? Is it five on five or is it five? Five on five. So it literally just is. Yeah, it's hockey, hockey. It's hockey. We're just sitting on our rear end. It's just <laughs> up. there's yeah. there really is no difference. It, it's very physical. That there's there's the heavy checking, like Josh said. Really, the the only different rule for sled hockey is you can't strike someone with the front of your sled. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's like the a weapon, you're right? about. Yeah. 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 Just like like you said, the t-boning in a car. That's the actual penalty is a t-bone. Because mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. You, you go right straight into somebody's side. You can break a leg or something. Like oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. can't pick anybody either. Oh yeah. What, uh, what, that's that's pick. another thing. Oh, sticks. Wait. Uh, oh oh. So when you say pick, um, are you talking like stab them with it or? Yeah. Because <laughs> the end of our sticks have ice picks on yeah. them so uh-huh. that we can move across the ice. Yeah. And so you can't jab somebody with that. Well, that's probably a good rule. <laughs> that's, 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 that's probably. It happens accidentally from time to time. Right. But you can't just blatantly just. It actually. Somebody. Actually yeah. happens quite a bit. Yeah. It happens most often when you're checking someone. Right. right. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. come up side to side and your sticks are naturally there. Yeah. So the place that you always get hit with a pick is usually in your love handle. Uh-huh. Yeah, right yeah, there yeah. in that yeah. gap uh-huh. in your yeah. pads. Well, and this is an ice pick too. It literally, I mean, it, it's digging out, it's digging out ice because I've seen it. And, and, and not that it's, well, actually, this is going to lead me to another question, which, okay. So I'm, I'm an operations manager at the Mansfield Star Center, but it also means that I'm in control of the ice temperature. Do you guys prefer to have the ice softer or harder? Hard. I prefer harder. Yeah. Like harder. after skating the first easy? time on hard, yeah. when we were in Chicago a couple of years ago, I never wanted to go back. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a completely different feeling in our sleds. And I'm sure it's a completely different feeling for stand-up guys. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, and we feel that also. Same reason why we get our blades cut differently. Right. On our styles of skating and things like that. Now, most of us do half-inch normal, but yeah. I've seen some guys go to the newer styles of, of blade cuts because of their style of skating and things like that. So, yeah. again, we're the same thing as, as... I was about to say, it's just, it, it's like all, all my questions end up being answered with like, yeah, just like hockey. So it's, it's, it's just kind of, kind of funny how, how that works out. But, um, um, well, if you wouldn't mind, uh, cause here's another question I have. So you have two sticks, right? One yes. in each hand. Yes. And they're, they're two blades on both sticks. And so you're, I'm assuming that everybody has like a dominant hand, right? Oh, definitely. So, but the thing is, is nobody can really tell. It's not like, you know, if you're playing, you know, uh, stand-up hockey, you know, you can tell if somebody's right-handed or left-handed. It's just because that's the way that they're played for. But with you guys, I just feel like you almost have to get used to being able to well, adaptive. See, I was about to use the word adaptive. You, you have you, to, you, you have to adapt and be able to use your non-dominant hand. If yep. if you want to progress in the sport, you yep. have to learn how to use both hands. Right. Right. Now, if you watch somebody warm up and skate, you can definitely just look at them and watch and see which hand is their dominant hand. Because you, if you watch me skate, you know my right hand's my dominant hand. Right. If I have the choice, I'm going to shoot with my right hand. Right, right. But I've also become very proficient with my left hand. Right. But I'm still going to rely on the choice yeah, yeah, if yeah. I have it with my right Because that's, I mean, that, that has to be a huge part of playing defense is understanding what strong side, you know, or where you're trying to get them to go there, you know? Yeah. Well, kind of, but really our defense is the same. Yeah. You know, you want to either be on the goal side. Yeah, you know, blocking a shot, or you want to be blocking a passing lane. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what hand they're on. Right. You're still your goal is to get your lanes. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. But it does help to know. Right. If you know, like for example, when we were in Colorado, one of the Colorado players is dominant left hand. Mm -hmm. Once we saw that, we knew he was going to probably move to where he can get to a shot on the yeah, left hand. Yeah. 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 And we and our defensemen could be better prepared. Right. Coach was great about calling those players out and their hands so that we could be more aware. Because it's almost like you, you would want to force them to yeah. the, the side. The, See, you know. That player was more than just dominant one hand. Yeah. He <laughs> could only shoot with one hand. Oh, right, right, which, right. And, but the thing is, he was a very good skater. Mm -hmm. But it didn't matter. Yeah. Because we only had to protect one side of the net. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, well, this, see, that was a perfect transition because I kind of want to know how long it takes and I, and if I, if I if i say anything out of ignorance I, I promise it's just it's just that but how because it just looks like and i'm coming back to it it looks like a a, a really heavy workout but it seems difficult it seems like and skating is this way too so you know it's 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 kind of the same thing there's a lot of people that have to end up just pushing through being slow or falling down or or, or doing these things but it does look like not just you know you're saying about the core strength but it looks like it would be difficult to learn, just like skating. See, everything's the same. But anyway, how long do you think, how long would you say it took you to feel comfortable? It, just like with any sport, it's going to be different from individual. Right, um, yeah. Because everyone's individual athletic abilities are different. Yeah. Um, for me, I think probably just to be comfortable skating and minimally handling the puck without feeling like, I shouldn't be on the ice. Yeah. It's really probably two years. Okay. See, yeah. But I mean, that's probably, you know, similar to skating. That's, yeah. yeah. To, be comfortable, to be comfortable, comfortable, to go up and down the ice, make most of the turns and things I need to do, some accurate passing, 
a decent shot every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Probably a, a couple of years. And I think that also goes to the availability of practice time and things like that. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, like, for example, I'm in my fourth year. Mm-hmm. However, we had COVID. Yeah. We had uh, no ice time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and I wasn't comfortable for a while to go out to stick and pucks because I was, I was honestly a danger to myself and yeah. some of the guys at stick and pucks. Right. Now, I went usually with Cliff, so I had somebody there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go by myself until very recently. Yeah. When I was confident enough that I wasn't going to endanger somebody else. And even then, for a lot of us, we're still figuring out where we're at in our sleds. Yeah, yeah. You know, because my sled is completely set up differently than, in, than Cliff's. Yeah. And even now, probably is going to be different the next time I go out because I learned some stuff the last time I was on the ice on how to maybe get into my sled a little better and be more balanced and, and better prepared because, you know, I found out I'm, I'm too far back because my yeah. legs are too straight. Yeah. So, so, and, and I'm going to assume that this is going to be just like stand up hockey, but it's one of those things you have to just go out and practice your skating. Mm-hmm. You Definitely. Just... And like Josh mentioned, there's, there's a lot of adjustment that we can make in our sleds, um, for, for your balance points and, and everything. Yes. And there's, we haven't really touched about sled setup or anything yet but there's a lot of different levels of sleds there's entry level oh, well then like let's get it let's level. get into that though because uh, now i didn't even know that yeah, so uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna have to kind of help you with some of this but yeah i didn't know there were different setups yeah like with our program we have we have a a group of sleds that are just very baseline sleds and we use those to bring people out mm-hmm. and put them in sleds so they can try out the sport yeah and that's kind of where we all start is in a very baseline sled there's no adjustment it's just the blades are spaced wide apart. You just sit in it and go. Yep. And then from there, you can order another sled that has adjustable an adjustable riser on it. Okay. So you can raise or lower your the bucket you sit in off the ice. Right. Change that angle and distance. You could tilt it forward. You could tilt it up. Yeah. To change all your seating a- angles. Right. You can move the blades forward or back. Right. And that's all adjustable, so you can get that all dialed in exactly right. how you want it. Yeah. And then you can order a final sled with those exact measurements all locked in. Right. And each time you go up in the process, your sled gets lighter, and it gets more customized to you and your body. Right, because it doesn't need to be able to adjust. It's yeah. just send it. All those me. nuts and bolts are gone. Yeah, it's And just, it's all just welded together. Yeah. But it's the same like you would a skate or profile a skate or some boots are going to put it your Well, yeah, it's just... See, I'm learning, I'm learning stuff here today. Well, um, so as far as uh, this uh, Dallas sled uh, hockey team that you guys have going on, uh, where are you guys skating out of? Is it Farmers? Yeah, our home rink is Farmers. And a couple of years ago, before COVID, they actually even adapted the rink. So I, I think that we're headed towards the same uh, direction, but do you want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, they they took out the, the solid boards mm-hmm. and put in clear boards. Yeah. And then they have artificial ice that they can set down outside the doors and create benches for us. Yeah. Now we haven't actually been able to have a game and use it. Yeah. Because uh COVID and everything and and some things that have gone on there. Yeah. But uh that's typically what we do to make the the rink accessible. Right. And also the nice thing about farmers is there there's no lip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah on yeah, the yeah. opposite side of yep. the of the stand up benches, uh-huh. of yeah, course. Huh? Yep. There's no lip, so we can just slide right on and off. Yeah. There's there's some rinks we go to and tournaments that we've gone to where we've had to, there was a, a rink in Detroit, I think we went to, we had to actually 
hop up a ramp. Chicago. And then climb over like an eight, <laughs> ten inch lip. <laughs> This is basically, and basically fall onto the ice. Oh God. Jeez. <laughs> so having, having that rink and I, really all the rinks, all the, all the star center rinks around here have very minimal. Yeah. Minimal. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. they're all very accessible. For yeah. Us. Yeah. It was, um, so I, um, you know, with me being in the rink industry, I have a lot of, uh, friends on social media that are, uh, rink operators. And, uh, one of them, I'll shout him out, Don Moffat. Uh, he was actually in charge of, uh, the, this past Olympics. But anyway, he took a picture of the uh, Paralympic um, uh, bench, and th- what what they did is they got the i the what am I trying to say the ice surface actually went into the bench. So like there there was ice, the bench was ice. Yeah, that's nice. Like it was just so that you could just see. I mean, granted, this is the Olympics, and not everybody can do that, but everybody just thought it was so cool because it's not something that like if you post something that a rink professional hasn't seen before, everybody's like, oh man, that's like so awesome. How'd they do it? But it, it just makes a lot of sense. Like you just kind of, you know, widen that uh, concrete base a little bit and just make it a little bit wider and then just freeze, you know, just freeze the bench too. So you just make it a little bit wider. I, I think that if I had my way, we would have one here in the DFW Metroplex that, that met that. And yeah. It would give us opportunity to host bigger events. Yeah. Um, it would give us opportunities to even host like a USA or somebody, mm-hmm. you know, event here. So Maybe one day in the future, one yeah. of our rinks will step up and be able to do that. I know it's not cheap. I know it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can hope that one day we'll get at least one Paralympic ice sheet here in the DFW Metroplex. Yeah. Or here in Texas as a whole would be nice. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. Um, so when you guys, because you guys are kind of talking about um, these tournaments, um, how many tournaments would you say you guys go to? Because I'm assuming that you have your team here, but, you know, after a while you guys scrimmage each other, scrimmage each other, but you're wanting to go you know, out of state or, or play other teams. Uh, how often does that happen? And what do these tournaments look like? There's actually a lot of tournaments and there's even leagues now yep. that are available. We don't have any here in Texas. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to work on that because there's a sled team in Houston. There's a sled team in Austin and there's a sled team in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. The San Antonio team is an all military team. Mm-hmm. All their funding comes through there. So you have to be military to play with their team. Right. Here in Dallas, typically... In the past, we have traveled to two national tournaments a year. Mm-hmm. We have the NHL Sled Classic, which only NHL-affiliated t- sled teams can attend. Okay. Um, so we go as the Dallas Sled Stars when we attend that. Yep. And then there's also the Disable Fest, which is another national tournament. There's teams from all over the country. And these these tournaments are in different cities every year. They move them around the country, um, and we... We were trying to have one here, mm-hmm. I think, in 2025, but that I think that's kind of fallen by the wayside for for the moment. Yeah, well, um, but the, as far, as far as these tournaments go, because um, obviously there there's different levels uh, levels to everything. Um, but like, how does that path towards like the Olympics? Like, how does that work? Are there like really like competitive, uh, super competitive tournaments, or like what what does that even look like? Yeah, the- like how do you get there? Uh, well, there's two ways to get there. I mean, we have the development team and the development clinics that people can go to or get invited to and things like that to, to reach the Paralympic team. Mm-hmm. But in terms of tournaments, I think Disabled Hockey Fest has to be the biggest tournament because it's not, it's usually teams not just from North America, but we sometimes see some Canadian teams come down too. 
So it's probably the biggest one. It also has the most tiers. It goes from tier five to tier one. And then mm-hmm. what do they call them? The new, I think, tier A or something like that for like the Paralympic guide levels, like your Boston teams and stuff like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. it, basically semi-professional level above tier one. Right. But tier one's really where the, like the meat and potatoes of the tournaments are. It's like your, yeah. your top end guys and, you know, are right there. And, and we fit probably depending on the year, anywhere between four. And I think we, we did tier one in Tampa two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We've played, you know, your, your team ebbs and flows with, with mm-hmm. the talent and everything that on it, yeah. that's on it. So we, we're usually a, a middle of the pack talent level. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of where we, where we are right now. And even right now, um, with, with Cobra over the last couple of years, all the Texas programs have really lost a lot of players, not, not due to COVID, right, right, just, yeah, just yeah. um, players moving and then players losing interest because, yeah. you know, you're not on the ice. Right. So like we just, last weekend we were in Colorado, mm-hmm. but it was a combined team. We had three players, uh, four players from Dallas, three players from Houston and three players from Austin. Mm-hmm. And we just went to Colorado and played a tournament. Yeah. They basically called us and said, hey, we, we've got a spot open. Can you guys put together a team? Yeah, yeah. So I got on the phone with, with the other teams in Texas, and we threw some people together, and we went up there and played. Yeah. Well, hey, well, I, that's awesome. And this is, I'm assuming, is going to be just like, you know, stand-up hockey, but that it's the, those tournaments are a lot of fun. Get to hang out with the boys. Get to, you know, because uh, I don't think uh, any of my hockey buddies would ever uh, turn down a, a, a tournament, if you will, as long as it could work out on the schedule. It's just one of those things to where, you go and it's it's a part of that's just the the camaraderie you know oh yeah definitely and i've played with a couple other teams also that you know because it's it's very hard to keep a large group of sled players together and play yeah um like you said it it's a very physically demanding Demanding, sport yeah yeah and not everyone is up for that Mm -hmm. just like stand-up hockey not everybody yeah like like I said, we played last weekend, mm-hmm. and I'm still sore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my 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 elbows and my wrists and things like that. Those joints are all still well, a little tender. Well, it, games in 48 hours. Well, and it's fun, and it's funny too, because you know, and obviously, as we get older, it, it becomes a little bit more difficult to try and you know uh, keep up. But um, I I do think it's one of those things because I I even have you know uh, stand up hockey buddies that you know they haven't skated in you know say four or five years. And they come out and skate and they're like, ah, just like, it wasn't that much fun because I just couldn't do what I, you know, what I wanted to do. And it's like, yeah, because you haven't done it in a while. Like uh, hockey's one of those sports, like if you take a break for a little while, like, and we were kind of talking about this before, but if you take a, a break for a while, it's, it's, it's too, um, not just physically demanding, but just at, at the speed that the game moves, it's, it, it's, it's hard to just stop and, and start. Like you almost have to kind of like stay sharp, if you will. And that's why you see me at Mansfield. Well, and th- that, well, that's the and that's that's the funny part too, because I it was one of those things to where you know Mansfield, and I'm not at a lot of the other Star Centers, but a lot of our stick and pucks like has a fair amount of people, but we're probably not as busy as some of the other ones. But um, I just always felt like you know, hey, like I like I hope he likes the ice here. Like I hope it. Like I hope he's enjoying himself. Like. But uh, at the end of the day, I hope he's not just coming here because there's not that many people here. You know, like, I don't know if that was the, if that was the thing or not, but I was just like, as long as he's having fun and I just want the ice to be good for him. I think um, for me, it's just finding ice time. 
Like, yeah. You know, I try yeah. to go to Mansfield when I can, but yeah. sometimes the schedules and my schedules don't line up for the stick and pucks. So yeah. it's easier for me to hit the nine o'clock Euless time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's usually more, you know, concrete Tuesdays and Fridays, nine to whenever. Yeah. You know, so that fits my schedule better. Yeah. You know, whereas Manfield, you know, that five forty five, five o'clock slot can sometimes be a little tricky for Yeah, oh for sure. For, for sure. So but it's just I guess finding the ice and finding the time and the uh, you know, we've been really fortunate too that none of the the centers have turned us away. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear horror stories about some of the other groups in other states and things like that. They'll go to a, a random pickup, you know, or a stick and puck, and they'll be asked not to to skate with the stand up players. Really? So we've been very fortunate that here in the DFW Metroplex, most of the rinks have embraced us and, and just allow us to come and do our thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've never been. Yeah. They've well, never been turned away on the ice. Well, and, and here's another question I have for you. So let's say Cliff and I get out there. I mean, can you, I mean, granted, I don't think you could, you know, do this a, a, as a game, but can we pass the puck around? Can we shoot? Like, is that, oh, yeah. that's completely uh, possible. Huh? I mentioned earlier uh, Taylor Lipset, and you also just mentioned the Olympics. Taylor actually did the play-by-play commentary for the sled Oh, for the sled team. That's awesome. Olympics. That's awesome. And he's our, our former player here. Oh, nice. But he used to play drop-in games with stand-up players <laughs> i believe out in plano years ago probably mm-hmm. when he was dude, that's awesome when he was actively playing with the with the national team yeah dude but i I'm, I'm making some assumptions here but i'm sure he did better than some of the stand-up guys you know i mean at that point if you can catch a pass and shoot and i've seen the i've seen those guys that that are really really good at sled hockey and it's just like man like like we we're talking before it's just it's it's so surprising you know how quick the the puck comes off and, and all that good stuff. Well, hey, um, Cliff, or actually, yeah, both both of you guys. Next time you come out to Mansfield, you let me know, and we'll go wheel around a little bit. I can I can bring you a sled. Okay, yeah. so here I was gonna wait a little bit later in the episode to like bring this up, but we should just do it now. I want to do it. That's fine. I can bring yeah, you a sled. We'll bring a sled. But if I if I if I start just being like, oh, ah, oh, ah, you're just gonna have to like uh, act like you don't hear me being uh, a pain in the butt. That's not a problem. Okay. As long as you don't hear us doing it either. Oh, yeah. No, but it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just one of those because, you know, it's just, you know, because you're both big guys, you know, or you have like, you know, I can tell and I'm just like, I'm looking at my biceps and I'm looking at your biceps and I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. We're just showing pictures of Logan. Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, we just went to, to Colorado. We took a 15-year-old kid with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, He started playing up here in Dallas with us probably five years ago, something like that. And then he recently moved down to Austin. Uh-huh. He was one of the guys we brought to Austin. It's the first time he has played a game with the adults. Yeah. He's played with kids before, uh-huh. but he's got his skill levels got to the point where he could move up and play with the adults. Yeah. And he scored the winning goal in a, in a shootout in one oh. of our games. Nice. His first goal with the adult team. Nice. Yeah. Hey, it's been nice to see. So... And here's something because I've I had the, like a checklist in my head of things, goaltending. How does that work? I feel like if you can snip that corner, I you know it's it's it just I I feel like they're at a disadvantage. I don't I don't know. Can you explain it to me? You want me to take Go ahead. as a backup goalie? Oh oh, you play? Yep, goalie. Okay, so goaltender, backup, backup, backup. You always need you always need a backup goalie. Well, or for, Cliff's gonna play. Well, number one, <laughs> gonna play. Yeah, no. I, I could never see that. Looks like nope. Looks like nope. You will not get. So me. the first thing about goalie sleds is they're they're fundamentally different than a, a skater sled because we don't have blades. We have a plastic 
sheet that goes under our blades either there's two different styles of blade systems for goalies yeah but that plastic sheet allows us to move side to side backwards and forwards okay and so it's just you know i just smooth surface right mobility is key like any other goaltender mobility is key right i i'm back up because my mobility is not there i rely on size and hand speed not mobility yeah yeah um i'd say you relies on size not (laughs) hey Hey, it makes sense to me. To be honest with you, it makes complete sense. To and me. I'll be the first to tell you, it's a lot. I'm trying to move 330 pounds in that crease. Yeah, it's just yeah. not as efficient as our 100, yeah, whatever, yeah, like 20 goalie can move around. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there is a slight disadvantage because most of the times you you're you're lower down, mm-hmm. so that top shelf is just prime for the picking. Right. For most, they still have to be able to hit it, but you know, from yeah, but still, it's it's a it's a weak spot from I would say the majority of goalies out there yeah you know the blocker can only go so high so fast and it's you know and the glove can only go so high so fast right you know and and so that top shelf is fundamentally one of the spots we all train to shoot for right uh well actually i think we all train to shoot for the goalie's mask yeah that's just in warm-ups, right? Goalie. And that just yeah. in warm-ups? <laughs> Definitely. The first one always goes off the gore's forehead. Well, but I, I think that's usually if they if they feel like the goalie's kind of like, you know, not feeling it, that that's when you really start. You to wake them up. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, yeah. A, it's a fit. See? Just like stand-up hockey. Yeah. Everything, everything's the exact so, same. But yeah, that's that's universally, it's that's the way it is, is the goaltender is only at a disadvantage based on their skill, just like any other goaltender. Yeah. You know, they learn to overcome those you know, butterfly goaltenders know that when they're butterfly, they're going to have top shelf issues if they stay down there too long. Right. Stand up guys know they're going to have five hole issues. You know, stand up goalies know they're going to have five hole issues if they don't drop fast enough and you know right. and learn how to compensate for that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with goalies. Yeah. Our sleds, they have to learn how to move with their mobility. They have to adjust for that. They have to know where their weaknesses are and rely on their defense to be there and, and help them in those you know, taking down those shooting lanes. It's way more dependent. I feel like I'm more dependent as a goalie in talking with Logan. He feels the same way a lot of times where we need our defensemen to be there for those shots. They need right. to know where to shut those lanes down and be a part of the system. Yeah. And their uh and their movement, how they move side to side and whatnot. Of course they'll they'll use the goalposts to to push off of side to side. Mm-hmm. But on the back of their mitt on their on their glove mm-hmm. they put track spikes yeah. so that they can push their hand down oh, off the face oh, yeah, and yeah. push themselves and then their stick on the heel of their stick each each goalie kind of custom makes their own stick as far as the angle what mm-hmm. that they want and everything and there's also spikes on the on the heel of their stick so on both hands they have something that they can put on the ice and grip the ice see i'm learning a lot see so there there are there are, there are small difference uh differences obviously but uh, that's really, really cool. And the thing is at the end of the day, even if the, you know, that spot happens to be open, it's open for both goalies on both teams. You know, it's still, it's just, as long as it's even, but you got to think that, you know, cause I see Cliff out there. He's always sniping. He's always up top, always sniping. But I guess if that's, if that's where, uh, if that's where the goals go in then that's where you got to practice. Oh, I'm a high blocker all day. High blocker all day. <laughs> I was about to say, like, there's probably not too, wait, well, actually, do, does anybody shoot low? It seems like oh, that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, you can. There's open a lot of times when our our worn timers, which aren't traditional worn timers, will shots because we right. got the goal can the position. Right. Oh, that makes sense. That that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And and really, because uh, goalies, you, they watch and they learn also, so mm-hmm. they start cheating. 
Right. Yeah. 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 If they know every shot's going high block or right. club or something like that or right past their ear, you know. Yeah. Um, then you watch the goalie, you know, just yeah. like regular hockey. You learn you learn tendencies and things like yeah, that. And then you change it up and you go low. So the goalies are coming down, they see cliff they see cliff and they're like, Oh, high blocker. He's going high blocker. This is cliff. This is if cliff. they know me, they <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh we might need to edit this out so that the goalies don't <laughs> don't don't know uh don't know your secrets here. But uh either way, um, so can you kind of talk about like um what you guys have going on uh, at the moment? Because you know we did we did want to kind of shine uh, a, a spotlight on what you have uh, going on, and then also like kind of how to um, if anybody was interested. Because I am going to do this. I'm, I promise. I am going to get out there in a sled. Uh, I will probably probably be immediately humbled, and um, but I'm not going into it thinking I'll be very good. So you know. Um, yeah, nobody's good. But 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 I do think that there's enough people like myself that have a lot of respect for the sled hockey community that I feel like there would even be people that would, you know, do stand up but then may, maybe try sled, you know? Oh, yeah. We we can bring anybody out and put them in a sled. But I, Whether you're a regular able-bodied person yeah. or an adaptive athlete. Yeah. we I've even seen a triple amputee with an adaptive... Um, piston metal piston yeah hooked to one arm with a blade attached to the bottom of it yeah with with picks so he had two hands to pick with that's awesome yeah but i also i'm also trying to throw my buddies under the bus and if i'm gonna do it do you have another sled i, I gotta yeah. i gotta get um, a buddy of mine usually at, at least once a year before covid we would try to put on uh a large tri-sled hockey event uh-huh. and a lot of times we did it in conjunction with the dallas stars yeah um, we would do a tri-sled hockey event uh, and that where anyone in the public, anyone at all wanted to come out because USA Hockey would actually ship us like 20 sleds and yeah. sticks and everything that we yeah. made. And we put them together. We'd have a big tri-sled hockey event. And then after that, we would do, we would play a game with some of the Stars players. Yeah. We've had Tyler Sagan out. We've had Jamie Benn out. We've, really? We've had Marty Turco out. We've yeah. had uh, Steven Johns. We had Roussel when he was here. And how long ago was this? Um, before COVID, we oh, were doing so it, it. We were doing it every year for about three years in a row. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, but is uh, do you guys have like um, because I know you're you're Dallas sled hockey. But if somebody was like, hey, like I want to try this, like who do they reach out to? What do what do they do? Do they do they find you on social media? Do they how how do we? Because uh, Cliff, you uh, you're you're in charge of all this, aren't you? Yeah, recently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, well, jo- recently, Josh and I took over the program. Uh, like yeah. I said, we had people move. Mm-hmm. And the two individuals, Taylor and Alfredo, that were running the program moved out of Dallas. Yeah. And I'm the longest tenured player now on the team. Yeah. And I've taken over operations. And it's it's something totally new for me. Mm-hmm. I've never run fundraising or anything like that. I've, I've run teams before. Running the, the team aspect is not... Not something new, but right, yeah. the whole other all the other fundraising stuff. And, yes, and the yes. behind the scenes stuff is yeah. is definitely new for me. Yeah. Um anybody that really wants to reach us, the the easiest way is just on Facebook. Yeah. Dallas just search Dallas Sled Hockey. Yeah. And we're on there. Okay, cool. Cause I remember when I uh came up to you and I kinda asked you to to come on the show. Um, you know, I was like, Hey, like what's your name? You're like Cliff. I was like, yeah, I was just kind of wanting to get uh, sled hockey on on the podcast here. You're like, well, you know, because I'm running things. I'm like, thank God, you know what I mean? Because it just it makes everything a lot easier. It's just yeah. like, all right, like the the one person I know that does this happens to be uh, in charge of running the the organization here. So uh, I've i I felt good about that, Cliff. But I uh, I would assume that uh, he's doing a good job, wouldn't you say? 
it's a learning curve for for both of us because you know while i have a lot of the experience in the back end from running rugby teams and things like that mm -hmm. we face different challenges being an adaptive sport right so learning how to finagle around those and the ins and outs of some of our partnerships with like SWA, uh, Southwest Wheelchair uh -huh. Athletic Association and things like that and navigating all that's been a, a great learning experience for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, in terms of things coming up, we have for us as our organization, it's a rebuilding year. Mm -hmm. So we're now looking at recruiting. We're looking at fundraising we're looking at all those things to make sure that when our season starts in september we have ice time right we have people that want to be a part of the team that we can train we're desperately looking for a coach as well yes uh, us working with a coach last weekend was a game changer for us you know for the first time mm -hmm. and was, was this was this coach specifically for sled he was a stand-up coach i think before he yeah got he's involved really yeah, he he's uh he coaches the austin team but we've worked with them a bunch because, I mean, I go down to Austin just to skate because they have ice time sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I'll be down there on Sunday just yeah. to skate. Yeah. And he's their coach. I worked with him a bunch. And when we brought the Austin guys with us to this last tournament, I asked him if he would come too, and he did. So yeah. it's it's nice to have a coach on the bench because usually we don't. Um, we had um, actually um, – Dallas Baptist, Jim DePaolo, we had him him out, their Ooh. coach. Yeah. He worked with us uh, a few years ago when he had time here and there. And then we had another coach that moved to Colorado. So for really the last three, four years, we haven't had a coach. Yeah. So, I mean, um, as far as uh, coaches, I mean, is it is it more of like X and, X's and O's? Because obviously they aren't teaching you how to use your sled or or how to shoot per se, but it's more of just positioning and, uh, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's teaching us. It's the game of hockey and coaching right. us in the game of hockey. Every drill that works for stand up will work for us in the sled. Okay. So every positioning that we do, you know, the standard does we do in the slides. Right. So it, it's really no different. It's just finding someone who has the time and yeah, well, just to want to learn the minor details of differences. Yeah. To come out and, and be a part of the organization and give us that leadership of setting up the drills that we need to set up to learn positioning, to, you know, be better in our sleds. Because again, doing suicides for stand up and sled is the exact same. You go to the blue. Oh, uh, I can't. I, I, I don't even. <laughs> I don't, I don't like that as stand up, even though <laughs> I make my kids do it all the time when they get on yeah. my nerves. But, so. uh, you know, that's, that's just the way that is. But, uh, okay. I want to, I want to, this is kind of not the last part, but. I want, and you guys can kind of answer this together, but in a perfect world, and it, for, for you guys and for sled hockey, what do you guys, what do you guys want? And I'm not saying from star centers, I'm just saying from, from, from your guys' perspective, what would be uh, the perfect scenario for you as far as, you know, how often, you know, you're looking to practice, you know, uh, what that looks like. Cause I don't know how often you guys practice now. Um, but can you kind of paint me a picture of your perfect scenario? Um, you have a full team, everything's going well. What, what does that scenario look like? That would be, we, we play from September to April usually and take the summer off. Mm -hmm. That gets us the tournaments that we want to go to. Um, and if there's any extra tournaments that come up, uh, they're usually during that time frame. Yeah. And then, because we also have kids that come out and play. Mm -hmm. So they have the, they, they then have their summers off to do things with their family and whatnot. Our, our perfect scenario is 
really, and the other aspect of this is we've always tried to raise enough funds so that nobody has to pay to go to the tournaments. Yep. Because mm-hmm. um, when you start playing adaptive sports and the equipment and things that go with that, yeah. it's very expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, any, just like normal hockey. Yeah, what, sure. any, and then you, you throw in adaptive into it. Yeah. And everything, the prices increase on everything. Really? Yeah. I think my sticks I, are $200 for the pair. Yeah. What about the sled? Sled can range anywhere between 800 for a beginner loaner sled that we call it. I think it's about the park. So I paid $1,500 for mine. <laughs> so that, that that's, is, that's a difference. And mine's that middle ground that yeah. I was talking about. I haven't even gotten to the custom area yet. I still got a lot of changes to yeah. be made to my and, sled. And there's grants and things that we can apply for that help. Right. All that stuff that help adaptive right. athletic programs and things like that. Yeah. Um, but we, especially with the kids, because mm-hmm. most of the kids um, were born with some kind of disability. Mm-hmm. Most of them are an injury. They're, it's either an illness or they were born, born that way. Right. And those families, you know, they've dealt with that their whole life. So if right. we can try to raise the funds and everything so they don't have to worry about any of that, mm-hmm. then that's a definite bonus. Well, and then, you know, I, what's the best way to say this? Because for you guys, it's like you guys were already, like I said, hardwired, you know, to be athletes, to be competitive, to, but I feel like sometimes there's a disadvantage to, like you said, being, being born that way. And a lot of them just being like, oh, well, I don't have a chance to do that. Or I don't have a chance to be, I don't. That is completely up to that individual and how that individual is raised. Right. Taylor that I mentioned, Mm -hmm. he was, he has brittle bone disease. Yeah. Any significant impact and he can break a bone yeah and he plays hockey yeah full contact hockey right he's broken a leg he's broken a, sh- a shoulder blade mm. playing hockey yeah and but he was a kid that was born that way whose parents never sheltered him yeah, yeah. he went out and did whatever all the other kids are doing yeah and those are the kids that succeed in this world. right 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 yeah yeah the ones that were put out there to be just like everyone else yep um, we, we have tons and tons of people come out and try the sport and, and don't come back. Yeah. Um, just like, just like sport. a stand up yeah. or any, any, yeah, uh, any uh, uh, physically difficult yes, sport. Yes. I mean, you have to have the desire to do that mm-hmm. because it, it just is physically difficult. Yes. And as far as adaptive sports, I, I think this has got to be one of the more difficult Oh, I, uh, on, yeah. on a physicality level. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things at the end of the day. And I talk about this quite a bit on the podcast anyway, but in order to play hockey, you have to get through learning to skate, which is just so, you have to be okay with falling down. You have to be okay with looking stupid for a little bit. You have to be okay with being bad. You know, then once you learn how to skate, then you have to learn how to play hockey, which is also very difficult. And it's one of those things to where if you see a hockey player, and I, I'm going to just say this for stand-up because that's what I know but if you see a hockey player and let's say he's not great but you know he's still he gets around and he can move the puck okay he can take a wrist shot he's probably put hundreds and hundreds and hours into training how to just be capable of of doing those things and so I, I got to imagine that sled hockey has to be the same way but if if you're if you're doing it and you guys are both doing it but then it shows other people it's like hey like you can eventually get to this point where you know what you're doing and it's not that difficult, but like if they don't have somebody to kind of like look at and be like, okay, I can eventually get there. 
then sometimes it can be difficult, you know, but they actually have to see it. They have to see you. And Cliff, I think that's why it's cool that you bring them out. But they're like, oh, I can do what Cliff can do. I just have to continue to do it. Yeah. I mean, even for me, that's my, I want to get to the level Cliff's at. Right. Yeah. Is Cliff a, a high level Paralympic style player? No. Right. Is he good for our level? Absolutely. Right. Is he well above me? <laughs> yes. But you know you can get there. I know I can get there if I put in the extra time and I, I get the ice time. And, and, you know, and that's when we talk about, you know, perfect scenarios. My perfect scenario for organization is the kids being taken care of first. Because mm -hmm. that, to me, is the most important part about sports. It's the future of our sport. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not just the future of our sport, but the future of adaptive communities as a whole. Right. Because these are the kids growing up in that world that are going to make the changes for the generation behind them to have easier, more accessible lives. Right. So they see, oh, I can play this sport. It's a part of my life. Mm -hmm. They take that and they go into other parts of the life going, I can be adaptive in this area of my life too. Yeah. And on that point, um, we had a kid out um, who, when he started playing hockey, he, and he had some very severe physical um, issues. Yeah. Very weak, very, very small, undersized. Um, when he first started coming out and playing hockey, he really did nothing for himself. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was probably 10, 11, 12 years, maybe years old when he started coming out. Mm -hmm. I've been playing for almost 10 years now. Um, he started watching us yep. and the things that we were doing. Um, and how we, we all carried our own equipment. We get it. We transport all our own equipment. We mm -hmm. do everything for ourselves. And talking with his mom, slowly and slowly, he on his own started making those decisions to do more and more for himself. Yeah. He graduated early from high school and is now attending college in France. Yeah. On his own, away from his family. Right. And his mom attributes that to this team. To seeing us that we, we, we all have jobs. Yeah. We all go do all these things on our own. Yeah. And we, we go through life just like anyone else. Yeah. He realized he could do that. Yeah. And he didn't have that before the team. But it's like, but you just have to see it. It's almost just like seeing is believing. Because, and I'm not saying that you can't, you know, have beliefs or that you can do something. But when you see it, you're like, oh, no, I know I can do this. Like, I see, you know, I see Cliff doing it. You know, I see whoever doing, but at least it gives them an, an opportunity for, you know, and I'm sure at a certain point, like they're, they're looking up to you, you know, they see you, you know, both you guys, it's like, um, that independence. Cause I'm, I'm assuming that there's a lot of families that, you know, uh, you know, lo love their kids obviously, and, and they want the best for them, but you know, maybe they try and protect them too much, or maybe they don't allow them to, to go out and experience things because they're, you know, they're worried about, you know, that kid, but it's just like stand up people. Everybody eventually just has to kind of like go out in the world, find their way, do their thing. And, you know, if, if you don't, then you end up kind of missing out on a little bit. And it seems like with sled hockey, it's like, oh, like these are people that are, you know, very, very independent and probably not just in that sport, but in their personal lives. And, you know, um, and um, that's, is that fairly on point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then and to continue that, the, the perfect scenario for us as an adult team is to be taken like a real adult team anywhere else that's stand up. Yeah. And we have the resources of 
us to have a stand-up team to start talking about those leagues and building mm-hmm. those leagues and getting people out and having the, you know, we look at it. I look longingly at the Canadians, yeah. you know, sled hockey organizations where they have massive leagues, they have multiple tiered leagues and, and things like that because hockey is life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just an easy transition here in Texas. Hockey is life. Yeah. You those that love hockey, love hockey. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, it's difficult conversation to have. Disabled sports as a whole is a difficult conversation in Texas. Yeah. But then you get into a, an obscure sport like hockey. Yeah. And it's a whole nother level talking to people about sponsorships or even talking to the singers about yeah. more time. That it yeah. becomes a, you know, we would just like to be ta- dealt with the same way. It's, yeah. It's taken seriously as, as the other, even D-League stand-up guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, let us have the time. Let factors in into your schedules for practice times and game times. Yeah. Like that, not just an hour on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, we would we would love to really to be able to put a Texas League together. Yeah. To start. Yeah. Because um, you're talking not extensive travel mm-hmm. you can drive down to houston you can drive down to austin mm-hmm. um we might be able to get san antonio involved also um but to start off first the first thing we have to do is have ice to practice so yeah. we have to and right now we do not have any ice time we're working with uh farmer's branch to mm-hmm. hopefully try to start up again in september yeah. we would normally be shutting down right now anyway yeah for, for summer we usually finish up in april because that's uh it's when the last tournament that we normally go to is yeah but uh that's that's our focus right now this summer is raising funds so that we can make sure that we have ice time secured to practice because we can't bring new people out to introduce them to the game really right if we don't have practice yeah yeah, yeah. who wants yeah. to come out you yeah. Know? yeah yeah and and watch like or skate once at a open skate or a stick right. and puck or something. And really, I don't want to take a brand new person to a stick and puck. Right. Yeah. I would take them to maybe an open skate so uh-huh. where I can just scoot around on the ice a little bit. Right. It's it's much better to be able to do that with just us on the ice. So well, I think sometimes with this thing, though, is like you just kind of need, uh, you just need to be highlighted a little bit. And I think sometimes, and this is, I'm not saying this is good, but sometimes things and organizations and groups, they get overlooked unnecessarily. And I hope that that's not the case with you guys, but, um, I don't know. I just, I have a feeling and we'll talk after this. Cause I don't know. I, I would really like to help in any way that I can, but I just, I have a feeling that things will, um, we'll find you that ice time. We're going to make this work. I'm here with you guys. We good. That's, oh yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we will, we'll take whatever we can get and we'll give back in spades what's given to us. Too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing it's not just about, it's about the community as a whole, both the hockey community in the sled hockey community because we can't live independently. Yeah. Both organizations. And the NHL's really sh- tried to push that with the, the Hockey for Everyone program and things like that. Yeah. I think sometimes they lack a little on the sled hockey side and focus more on, you know, other groups of, of people. But still the idea is the same. Hockey for everyone. Yeah. And we are a part of that everyone and we're going to push for that in our community. And, and we're here. We're not going anywhere, even if it's just four guys goofing off in, in a stick and puck. Yeah. And getting together with goofy guys from other parts of the you know, the state. We're going to make sled hockey happen one way or the other. Yeah. We would love for our communities here to be a part of that and help us grow and help hockey and sled hockey grow as a whole in the state. Mm-hmm. We're Texas. We have phenomenal athletes that 
always seem to excel at whatever sport Texans do. Yeah. And it's no different from sled hockey. Yeah. We have amazing individuals in our sport that have a lot of potential to go a lot of different places. They may never be on the Paralympic team. Yeah. Cool. But the noise that we make at tournaments mm-hmm. is just like last weekend in Colorado, taking one runner up in a tournament with three different teams combined. They have never touched the ice together as a unit. Yeah. Playing together, the sport that they love against other teams, that just proves what Texas sled hockey can be. Yeah. And what Dallas sled hockey is all about. Oh, man. That was beautiful. That was and everybody uh, put it. Like the, the kid I mentioned uh, that's in France, he doesn't play hockey anymore. Yeah. But it changed his life. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just giving him the, giving me the opportunity. You don't have to come out and play hockey forever. Yeah. You know, just come out and enjoy yourself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And meet cool people. You guys are cool people. They'll meet people like you. Yeah. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure I was about to say, I'm sure there's other uh, people in a part of your organization that uh, uh, are just as fun as you guys, but um, we are uh, getting close on time. So we have one little segment here towards the end. I don't know if you guys have listened to any episodes. It's okay if you haven't, uh, but this is the thing that we do at the end of the episode. Uh, It's called the shout out. There's only a couple rules to the shout out, Uh, but essentially you have to, um, you can shout out, and it doesn't have to be one shout out. You can shout out, uh, some people do like friends and family. Some people do like a, a mantra of some sort, a positive thought. Um, it could be anything, uh, but it just has to be positive. I feel like this episode's already been really positive. Um, but yeah, we just get to tack on uh, more positive stuff. And uh, obviously, if there's anything that, that we missed, then uh, you can bring that up in the, uh, the shout out as well. But uh, Cliff, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh... I'll just give a shout out to the whole disabled community mm-hmm. in, in DFW. If you're one of those people that uh, is on the fence at all about mm-hmm. trying a sport, even if it's not hockey, yeah, um, give it a shot because yeah. it can do wonders for you. Yeah, uh, it did for me after my accident. Yeah, so yeah. just the mental aspect that it can do for you. Yeah, you'd be surprised. And it, and the thing is, and to kind of piggyback off that. Obviously, it's helping you physically because it's it's a demanding sport, you know, um, and and it's definitely going to keep you in shape. But just from a mental and, you know, and I talk about this quite a bit, but, you know, if I was to ever, you know, hurt myself to where, you know, I couldn't play stand up hockey again, I feel like that would be, you know, difficult for me. But I haven't had to go, you know, through that process. But the, the reason I kind of bring that up is that I it's not for my physical well-being as much as it would be for my mental well-being of and not being able to do the thing uh that allows me to go out there and even though uh stand-up hockey and sled hockey i'm sure it looks like there's a whole lot going on um for me personally there's just a lot of uh clarity and i'm not really thinking too much i'm going out there i'm not thinking about work i'm not thinking about uh responsibilities of the day but you know that hockey allows me uh to reach that and it, it's the only thing i can do throughout the day that allows me to escape a little bit. And when you're on the ice in a sled, you're not disabled. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is the furthest thing from your mind. Right. Oh, yeah. It is the furthest. It's gone. Yeah. It just absolutely disappears. Well, because you're scooting. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're playing moving. hockey. Yes. It, yeah. You forget that you're sitting on your butt. Right. Yeah. You're just playing the game that you're passionate about or just enjoying, not even passionate about. And yeah. I think, that, again, like Cliff said, it doesn't matter the sport. Mm-hmm. Adaptive sports for the adaptive disabled community is a game changer for, like you said, the mental aspect of our lives. Yeah, because you start seeing 
life's not over. Mm-hmm. For those of us that were injured or, or hurt later in life, our lives aren't over. Yep. You know, it's not just work and home now. It's, yep. I can do things. That changes your world as a whole. Yeah. And for kids that are coming up and, and who are born disabled or even may have had something happen earlier in their lives, they see from an earlier stage that life is life. Mm-hmm. It's Sometimes it's going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. You have things and you have people in the world that make it better, for even if for a moment. Yeah. And those hours on the ice are those moments for us where yeah. it's just peace and serenity but sometimes those moments even if they're for a little bit even if uh you know let's call a moment let's let's say that the skate's an hour long let's say i spend i don't know 25 30 minutes out on the ice that might only be 25 30 minutes but those 25 or 30 minutes out on the ice if we're going to call those moments are going to make the next three to four days much easier to deal with and much you know and it's one of those things to where uh, it's just it's it's living healthy lifestyle there's just there's a lot of things to it, you know? Absolutely. Like you said, it's that thing that keeps us going for the next day. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me, it's those Tuesdays and Friday nights. Yep. It's those, when's the next tournament? Yep. It's our next practice. Those kind of moments that help the, the crappy days that we have as an adult <laughs> yeah, yeah. work where you're drudging along. Going, yeah. I got practice tonight. Man. Yeah. I got a stick and puck. Uh-huh. All right. Let's, yeah. let's move this along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um. Well, Josh, um, you spoke beautifully. Both of you guys have. Josh, you spoke beautifully. Um, but can you give your shout-out? It, uh, it could be anything. I'm going to go ahead and give a, a combination shout-out because these two, I guess, organizations are a huge part of where I'm at today. And first is my employer, mm-hmm. uh, Beneva Consulting. They allow me the time to go do this crazy stuff, like go to tournaments to play sled hockey or do it. You know, all I got to do is say, hey, I need time off to – go do something for the sled team. And they're like, go do it. Yep. Uh, their work-life balance. I have to give a huge shout out to them in terms of positivity and, and things like that. I just would be remiss not to. And then my family. Yeah. I live a crazy life as an adaptive person. And then my family accepts that and embraces that and allows me and sometimes pushes me to be better and to support those crazy whims of going to stick and pucks twice a week <laughs> to try to get better. And yeah you know, helping me eat healthy and yep. do all of these things throughout medical conditions and things going on at home. So those are the support networks I wish everybody in the community has, whether you're standing up or sitting down for mm-hmm. sled hockey. I I wish that kind of support network for, for everybody. Yeah. Well, man, that's, that's awesome. This has been an awesome episode and I feel like I've learned a whole lot and I feel like sometimes, I mean, I always have a lot to learn in life in general, uh, but I feel like specifically I just had so many like, questions about the gear and the, what you're doing and the blades and the goalies and the <laughs> you know, where cliff likes to shoot and he likes to shoot top lark well i have to edit all this out cliff or else the goalies they're gonna know they're gonna know you'd like to so shoot if top. the goalies don't know by now uh, yeah. is the tiger for every winger in the center and every shooter out there then they need to go back and talk to their coaches or their teammates about what's going yeah. on on the ice well, we might keep it in there then they're just gonna they're gonna have to figure out how to work around it but uh Either way, guys, uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you. I still have to do my shout-out. Um, but my shout-out um, my shout out is going to be, and this is kind of going to be like a two-parter, um, but it's the Dallas-Fort Worth hockey community. But I think that sometimes that we need to uh, broaden our view of what that is. And though um, almost all the people that I know personally here in the Dallas-Fort Worth hockey community, I'm sure even though you know they, res- they respect sled hockey, 
and they respect you guys. I think sometimes that we need to include these guys more and because they're doing the same thing. And what I realized most uh, in this episode is that it's the same. It's the same game in almost every aspect. Some people are just standing up and some people are sitting down. Uh, if anybody listened to any of the answers that they gave for my questions, most of it was just, yeah, it's the same. So <laughs> I'm hoping that with this episode and with maybe a little bit more uh, knowledge, because it's just not something that is on the forefront of a lot of people's minds just because they don't see it on a daily basis. There's not a lot of times they walk into the rink and see sled hockey going on. But I guarantee you that it, you know if they did, they would be like, oh, this is awesome. This is totally cool. So I think sometimes, well, let's see, my shout out is essentially for um, us to kind of broaden our view of like the people that are involved, not just in rinks, but in the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, hockey community. So um, you guys know that you're already a part of it, but just, you know, people understanding that there's uh, groups outside of maybe the men's league team that they're on or their kids youth hockey team or their kids, youth, you know, travel team or whatever. But um, to kind of maybe take a step back and look at uh, everybody that uh, cohabitates in this Dallas-Fort Worth hockey community. Is that a good shout out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I agree with that. Right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's broaden it out. Um, cause yeah, with you guys being at Farmer's Branch, I feel like there's a lot of people that would be like totally on board and, and willing to help. They just don't see it. Like it's almost like they may, they might not even know it's going on down here. Cause I think I can say, you know, that I didn't even know it was until I saw Cliff. And then once I saw Cliff, I was like, okay, I guess there's gotta be a team or there's gotta be, he's gotta play with some people. So, you know, but, but if I hadn't seen him, I wouldn't know that it was going on. That's the case with uh, with most people, probably. Like I said, I've been playing for almost ten years here in Dallas. Yeah, and all of it's been at Farmers Branch. Yeah, I think the ice, the figure skaters know more about us than anybody else because they're usually <laughs> before on before they're on and after we're on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're about the only community that knows sled hockey exists is the Farmers Branch figure skaters. Yeah, but I, I think if more people saw you guys out there. Um, I don't know. We we got to figure out a way, but we'll we'll, we'll get you guys uh, some views for sure. But um, um, anything else? Do we miss anything? Any anything that we got to uh, recover? Or uh, are we good? No, I just uh, we deeply appreciate you having us on. Really, yeah, that's it. it's been uh, in a weird way. It was kind of selfish of me because I was like, well, <laughs> Cliff, I had this sort of planned out. Like literally, I was like, okay, next time I see Cliff, or I didn't know your name is Cliff yet, but I was like, next time he's here, next time he's here, next time he's here, next time he's here. Because I've had this idea for like months. And so like, because I think I saw you, what was it like two weeks ago or like a week and a half ago, yeah, maybe? A couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago, but it was just one of those things to where this idea has been in my head for a long time. Uh, but I just didn't want to be like, Hey, uh, you know, because sometimes you don't know how people are going to react and be like, Hey, you like want to come over and like record and do all this stuff. Uh, but I'm just really happy that you were uh, open enough to uh, come and, and record because you, you were you were just like ready to do it right away. And those are my favorite guests. They're like, yeah, I'll be there. And I'm like, yes, awesome. I didn't yeah, have to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's rarely a time that I even go to a stick of puck that they're at Mansfield that somebody doesn't ask me about it. Yeah. But every, is that every, every, everywhere we go, you know, somebody has a question and. I'll sit there and answer every question you have. Yeah. I, I don't mind. You can check out our gear. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you about it. Anything you want to know. Cause we just want to, we just want to spread the sport cause we love it. Well, yeah. same. I'll, I'll answer questions all day, every day. I know I've taken up meetings at work when people find out what I do and they want to know the difference and they we've gotten no business done. Talked about <laughs> playing hockey. Yeah. You know, any questions that anybody has, if they want to help out, get involved in any way, shape or form, find us on Facebook, Especially some of you officials out there that may want to know how they get involved in sled hockey. We mm -hmm. need better shot callers. 
I think that's 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 a problem for everybody. That's that's not specific to the universal. It's yeah, it's it's hey, everything is alike. Stand up, uh, sled. It doesn't. Yeah, they're all. So uh, yeah, just know. find us on Facebook. Uh, we'll answer questions all day, every day. Um, yeah, just come out, have fun. Yeah, enjoy it. All right. Well, hey. All right. Uh, awesome episode, guys. Um, all right. Well, hey, I have to do the Matt Taylor list. This is just where we tell people. Uh, where to check us out uh, but you can check us out on faceoffspotpodcast.com i'll say that one more time that's faceoffspotpodcast.com uh, you can check us out on facebook we're on instagram we're on spotify we're on itunes i'm told anywhere that you can get your podcast you should be able to get us and if you can't then uh, i'll yell at matt taylor because it's supposed to be his job but anyway uh, that's the end of the matt taylor list uh josh and cliff thanks again for coming on and for everybody listening, we have episodes coming out every Thursday, so make sure to check us out. All right. Later, guys.